Welcome to Under the Sisterhood, where we honor female experiences. During each episode, I will have intimate conversations with women of all ages to get under the hood of their individual journeys through womanhood. Together, we'll pursue the many aspects of the female experience, creating a sacred space for women to share their stories, their ideas, and their wisdom. This is a podcast to celebrate women and recognize all that they do in our world. I'm Elizabeth Elfenbein. Let's get under the hood. Today, I'd like to welcome and honor Laurel Meunier. Laurel is a daughter, wife, granddaughter, niece, friend, dog mom, mental health advocate, social media manager, and crisis counselor. The past seven years, Laurel has spent in the entertainment industry from interviewing A-list celebrities on the red carpet to managing social media for network talk shows and influencers. In recent years, she felt herself drawn toward the mental health field finding herself most fulfilled when she was helping others. In 2020, Laurel started volunteering at the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline, undergoing extensive training to become a crisis counselor. And now she works as a supervisor at the oldest suicide prevention center in the United States. I couldn't be more grateful to be getting under the hood with you today, Laurel, welcome. Thank you, I'm happy to finally be here. This is so exciting. So many interesting and wonderful conversations with women. You guys are are just beautiful and amazing. And it's been such a rich and inspiring experience for me. So I'm so delighted to be having this conversation with you. So if it's okay, do you want to, can we get going? Yeah. Great. Let's do it. So um, this is the general question of um, being a woman. What does it mean to you? What does being a woman mean to you all? I think that question, obviously, the answers are really going to vary depending on who you ask, right? I'm sure you've gotten so many different answers um, because it really is a unique experience based on the person. But for me, it's a sense of community, um, particularly extending, you know, within my family the women in my family, the women in my circle of friends, um, women, you know, you comment on their social media posts and and just women you see, but maybe you never interact with. There's just an inherent bond, I think, between, um, from my experience, me and all the women in my life or that I pass on the street. And it just feels really empowering. Well, that's so beautiful. It's, it's, uh, you, t- <laughs> you took that to real heart and it's interesting, um, being, you know, feeling that community that's, you're very, very fortunate to feel that way. I mean, that's a wonderful, wonderful way to, to feel, um, about being a woman. What has your female experience been like? And when I ask this, there's a two part to this question because you're obviously in your late twenties now, um, you've had experience being a woman, a female. Um, but what, what was that inflection point that made you begin to feel like a woman as well? So your female experience for, for however long, and then, you know, when was that moment when you started feeling like a woman? Well, I would assume a lot of um, people have been kind of going back to childhood, right? Because at some point, you know, you're a kid. And then as you grow up, for me, it was kind of around 
end of high school, start of college. I've always considered myself a late bloomer, but I also don't like to put labels or judgment on it. So end of high school, start of college, I think was that turning point for me. And prior to that, I guess I just didn't have that like feminine identity, whatever that means for other people. So what it meant for me was I didn't really crush on boys as much. Like I, I did, but never in a way that I thought was tangible, you know, like it never occurred to me to actually go up to a crush and say hi. Um, and it wasn't until end of high school, early college that I guess part of that part of me felt more confident. The feminine part of me was more confident. Like I can wear what I want to wear and, and put on the makeup I want to put on and, look the way I want to look uh you know I was meeting other women from different walks of life and I was like wow people are so different and that really just made me feel I guess womanly in in the sense of like I felt sure of who I was and my identity that's interesting that's so interesting yeah and you know, yeah, I, I can relate with being a late bloomer. So totally. So, but that's a wonderful thing, actually. Being Runs a late in the bloomer. family. <laughs> I think it does run in the family. Um, so, um, so that's interesting though. Um, identifying with being a woman at that point, as you sort of go to college, I think that that's so, I think that it's a big transition point. It's a big transition point as it relates to all different things of the mental, the well being, And the, so the identity, it makes total sense to me actually. And um, so without attaching your age, um, this next question I think is a great one because it really gets us to think about ourselves differently. So if you were to go back in time and you were looking at yourself right now in the mirror and you'd say you were talking to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell the 18-year-old Laurel? What would your message to her be today? 18-year-old Laurel, I would tell her, 18-year-old Laurel was under a lot of pressure to figure out the rest of her life, as most 18-year-olds are. Um, I chose a school that my mom didn't want me to go to because the range of education they offered was limited. It was very niche. Um, I thought the decisions I make then, made then were going to impact the rest of my life, which was true. But I would also tell 18-year-old Laurel, chill out a little bit, um, you know, go and enjoy yourself, um, do what, do what is fun to you, um, do what you like doing, but don't ascribe to any belief that you're kind of going to be stuck doing this thing you're doing now forever, um, and I would say you have a world of options ahead of you, five years down the line, 10 years down the line, so don't sweat it. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a it's the perfect answer. It's so funny because because your fifty my fifty year old cousin had a similar thing. She went off and you know she was told by I guess one of the leaders, one of the counselors in her freshman year, when she was eighteen, you know, do not worry about anything because whatever you learn, you're going to be doing something completely different. And she was horrified when she was eighteen to hear this. But I think the point is, you're right. Is is that like like learning and being open to all these new things is, is fantastic. And I think that I was probably a little like that 
to a degree. I mean, I, I don't know. I just marched to a really different beat. So, and the beat changed, but, um, but I think, yeah, I think that's a great answer. Like, you know, don't, don't subscribe or, you know, yeah, don't subscribe to anybody else's belief of what it or you should be because, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I had another great message as well, which was know that you can, that you can change every day if you want to, that you're not, you know, attached to any one thing specifically. So, so I think that's great. As we move along in the conversation, I mean, this is a really pivotal time for women in society and everything. How do you feel about being a woman in today's world? Mm, that's a heavy question uh, in this particular moment in time. But I think in today's world, there are two sides of the coin that I'm thinking of. One is being a woman in today's world doesn't mean what it used to mean. And I always try to acknowledge um, when sharing my own experiences of womanhood that those kind of experiences can be painful for others or um, just so vastly different. Because, um, you know, there's women who have been abused. There's women um, who were not born women uh, anat anatomically. Um, so just kind of acknowledging that the sphere of womanhood is just so much bigger than my own experience is very important. And two, um, kind of going back to that first question you asked and the sense of community with, you know, our rights being taken from us, um, I do feel like a strong sense of community and solidarity with other women right now, um, especially in the US, but everywhere. Um, just in that we have to be united at a time like this. That's a, that's a great answer. Um, and it's very, it's very succinct. I, I like that. I like the fact that um, solidarity was a word that stuck out to me. I think you're mm -hmm. right. I think that it's something you can feel amongst women of all ages and even all mm -hmm. backgrounds. But I think particularly in the US, because I think it's when we think about uh, where we are. And interestingly, I was just doing um, some work with um, a colleague of mine and we were looking at where the U.S. stands. 2006, I think it was, we were the third, um, the third best country in terms of rights. 2000, I forget the date. 10 years mm. later, maybe it was 16. We moved down to 26. 2022, we're down at 36 or 38. That's how wow. bad things have been. We've actually, we've actually regressed so badly. It's not like we went five steps forward, four back. It's like we went 10 steps forward and 35 steps back. And so it's really hard. And I think, you know, but I think to your point of women coming together um, and that solidarity and that sense of a mission and uniting, um, you know, from a rights perspective is, is, really, um, is, is really, you know, spot on. And then I think your other comment um, I'd love for you to explain a little more um, the first bit where you talked, um, where, you know, when you. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, this, this is something that's been on my mind um, coming on this podcast is like how to have this interview about womanhood when 
people's experiences of womanhood are so different. And like, how do I want to communicate that I acknowledge that, you know, my experience is not universal. I'm not trying to speak for anybody else because backtracking, I spend a lot of time on social media. It was my job for seven years. So I've gotten very used to seeing people from different walks of life. Like, like I said before, um, someone who um, was born the male sex and, you know, transitioned to female um, women who have suffered physical sexual abuse and are not as comfortable with their womanhood because of it, or women who don't associate at all with womanhood or femininity. Um, I think women, yeah, like I said before, the, the sphere of womanhood has expanded to fit all of those things today. Yeah. And those definitions and back to your comment, I don't like labeling things, but the definition and the identities keep getting broader and broader, which is wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. So that's actually kind of cool being a woman in today's world where all this change is occurring mm -hmm. and sort of the open arms and the embracing of it. I think that's really, that's, I think, thank you for acknowledging that. I was curious to know your feeling about that, but it's really acknowledging it. What you're saying is I'm acknowledging it and I'm respecting that circumstances have changed. And mm -hmm. that is how you, and that I think is really, I think that's a great point, you know, moving along. And I think this is a continuation of this. So here the world's gotten broader, changes occurred. You know, there's many different um, people who identify with being a woman in different kinds of ways, to your point. Um, if you could change anything to make life better for women, regardless of the identification, but more the female experience, what would you change to make life better for women? Mm, I'd get rid of men. No, just kidding. Um, I to make things better for women. Wow. Um, I guess at the heart of it all, I would do what you're doing and what I'm doing to an extent as like a crisis counselor is making it easier for women to connect and share their stories because it's it's not like we as a society or one person can just end all problems and issues for women. That's just, that can't happen. But what can happen is being able to connect women um, who don't, who may be feeling alone in their situation. Um, so I would want to do anything I could to just be an ear for someone or, or be able to connect people somehow in person, online, just to all share their experiences and feel like, you know, someone has their back. That's wonderful, actually. I think that that's really wonderful. It's interesting. So a number of my conversations have, have been about, about that, about the connection of women. And also mm -hmm. like the fact that you're right, one person can't change, but if one person shares with the next person who shares with the next person, the sort of ripple effect or mm -hmm. you know, building the momentum around this. And that's really the hopes of under the sisterhood that we get all these, our voice is heard, that all mm -hmm. these women are seen. And maybe it's only that at launch time, we're dropping with 12, but by end of year, we'll have 30. By Women's International, International Women's Month, we'll have 40. Then we'll have 70 at the end of that month. So the point is, is to get more and more women to join mm -hmm. this movement, to be heard and to feel like there's a safe place 
to allow their feelings, you know, and whatever their experience is to be heard. And I think to your point, the crisis hotline is, is what you're doing is by giving them mm -hmm. a safe space to be heard. Mm -hmm. So that's just wonderful. I mean, this question doesn't build on it. It's a different kind of question. And I think your, your answer to question one probably builds on this, but do you feel part of a sisterhood? I, this is a complicated question for me. Um, Cause as an only child, I am very aware that like I have a sense of sisterhood that may be different from others because I don't have the experience of having actual sisters. Um, so yes and, and no. I guess because I never identified with that word sister growing up, maybe it's not the word sister for me, but I do feel like um, you know, my friends are the siblings that I choose. So I do feel that sense of sisterhood and really, really ingrained bond with a number of people in my life where I would drop anything for them and they would do the same for me and just kind of like having a, a squad like behind me at all times. Um, so I hope that answers the question in like a convoluted way but my I think I actually think it does I think that's very excellent perspective I mean I grew up with two brothers and then when I was 16 I had a baby sister from my father and his second marriage and um, I adore my sister Rachel but I didn't grow up with her and so I didn't really have that sisterhood as it relates to the family um, mm -hmm. and it's interesting from a sisterhood perspective you know another woman described it where I don't I have lots of friends all over the place, but it's not one group who I like met at college or what have you that travel along with me. So the sisterhood's disparate people. She was from Germany and she mm. said, they're not even from Germany, my, my sisterhood, if you will. So I think it's really interesting. Everyone's answers have been very, very interesting, but your perspective of coming at it from an only child, from using the word, singling out the word, the, the literal sister and, and, you know, but I think, you know, you've, I mean, I don't know. I've noticed that you have a great community behind you, which is just <laughs> awesome. So, um, yeah. yeah, no. So, um, so this is the last question and I'm going to poke you. We're going to have fun with this one. This is your platform, Laura Munez platform to tell women of all ages, of all backgrounds, of all cultures, um, give them a message uh, today. What, what would you want to say to women? of all ages, cultures, and backgrounds around the world? I would want to say, hey, let's be friends. And also um, kind of going back to that message of you, I, you deserve to have a voice to speak what you're going through. Um, or just to speak, you know, what makes you happy, um, what you're digging right now. I can't believe I just said digging, but, um, you know, what, what makes you happy? What makes you sad? What are your struggle? Like you deserve to vocalize that, um, to family, friends, strangers, um, you deserve to be listened to. And don't let anything mute that voice um, or make you doubt it. 
Mm, boy, um, you hit on our, our, you hit on everything that Under the Sister is about, which is being seen, heard, and honored. And, you know, I think that, that that's right. That's a great message that, you know, make sure, you know, take advantage, have your voice. It doesn't matter if it's good, bad, ugly, let it out, let it be heard. And by the way, good, bad, ugly, all the things it could be, which of course weren't your words exactly. Um, but um, it's a very cathartic experience when you have a voice and you mm -hmm. let it out versus having it inside and, and not having the voice. And I, and I love just the ending of that was never let it be mute. Don't let it be muted ever. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's, that's really um, very insightful. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. Is there anything else, Laurel, that you'd want to communicate with women around the world? Um, well, from a crisis counselor standpoint, um, if you don't have anyone and if you're not comfortable sharing, um, parts of your life, um, with others, or you're scared to, you don't have a support system, there are places out there where you can get help. Um, in the U.S., you can dial 988 on your phone if you're having um, a mental health crisis or you're just not feeling safe. Um, and I, in other parts of the world, I would say do your research. In the U.S., you can dial 988. Um, but just know that you are not out of options just because you don't have a physical support system around you. Thank you for that. That's a great message. Um, we all need to know that. And I think in particular women, they need to know that there, that there is safety out there and that there is someone at, on the other end. So thank you so mm -hmm. much for that message. And Laurel, thank you so much for your time today and your, um, and your thoughts on female experiences, your female experiences in womanhood. I mean, I'm thank really you. honored and grateful that you gave me the time. I'm honored to be here. And this was actually a, a very cathartic experience for me. Um, I, I'm really glad we got to talk about these things. So thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Under the Sisterhood. If you haven't already, please give us a quick rating and review on Apple or Spotify. And make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can hear from more amazing women. This podcast is created and hosted by Under the Sisterhood LLC and Elizabeth Elfenbein, produced by Elizabeth Elfenbein and Zach Slaff and edited by Zach Slaff. The music is by Ayla Schaefer for Song Rose.